It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. On this edition of Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, Marcus Mosier, Locked On Cowboys, and I go after it for a crossover Thursday. Lots of coverage of everything going on Washington football coming straight up. Our Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us for a crossover Thursday edition. I'm Chris Russell flying solo, but as we mentioned, Marcus Mosier, Locked On Cowboys, will lead the charge. We'll have a great conversation about both football teams, but it'll be much more Washington football oriented. Uh, as Marcus was kind enough to give me more of the floor. So that is straight ahead, guys. Uh, We appreciate you being our first listen of the day. Uh, Each and every day, we are free and available on all platforms. Before we turn you over to the conversation that I had on Wednesday afternoon with Marcus uh, and the Crossover Thursday edition, just wanted to point out that we do have some news On Wednesday night, Brandon Sheriff was once again selected as a starting guard for the NFC in the Pro Bowl. It's his fifth Pro Bowl selection of the career, including the last uh, several years, 2019, 20, and 21. He joins Trent Williams, Chris Samuels, and the late now Len House uh, as the only Washington offensive lineman to be selected to the Pro Bowl five-plus times. Jonathan Allen gets the nod for the first time in his career as a pro bowler and as a starting defensive tackle. This one was easy. Uh, He's the first Washington defensive tackle since Dave Butts in 1983, uh, and he's the first ever Washington franchise history uh, defensive tackle to be named as a starter in the pro bowl. Congratulations to John Allen. Uh, And a couple of alternates for you, according to the Washington PR department. Tressway is a second alternate. Long snapper rookie Cameron Cheeseman, third alternate. Running back Antonio Gibson, fourth alternate. Kick returner uh, DeAndre Carter, a fourth alternate. And check this out. Wide receiver Terry McLaurin, a fifth alternate. Certainly that is not going to make... Uh, Washington football fans happy, but, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin has had some somewhat quiet days and, um, you know, the quarterback situation obviously has not helped that out. So sort of understandable, um, maybe it doesn't have to be that low, but sort of understandable. We'll break that all down in another episode. All right, coming up right here, right now, we get you going with, uh, part one of my conversation with Marcus Mosier, Locked On Cowboys for Crossover Thursday. Chris, how are you doing today, sir? Marcus, thank you so much for the kind words. Appreciate you. Always great to be with you and uh, and, and always good to uh, talk. We didn't get to, a chance to catch up 
uh, two weeks ago. And it feels so weird, right, to say, well, yep. this, they, the two teams just played. And, of course, Washington coming off the Tuesday night game, my head is spinning, baby. I mean, it feels like all of this is just lumped into, well, uh, maybe a stocking. And, and for the Washington football team, it's probably coming up as coal. So we're going to talk about each of these teams. Yeah. Uh, we're going to look at the Cowboys and look at Washington, how the season's going and how, what we expect from this matchup. But Chris, just what's the state of Washington football right now? I know they're six and eight coming off a, a mm-hmm. tough loss. I don't know. I mean, you tell me, but I don't know if you can be too discouraged based on what you saw on Tuesday, because it was really like a B team out there, but yep. just overall after 14 games, how do you feel about the season so far? Well, the the first half could not have been more disappointing, Marcus. I mean, you know this. You you know the league. Uh, you know you're two and six, no matter what the reasons are. And listen, they lost Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. in quarter number two of the season opener, and early in quarter number two. Obviously, you never plan for that. Uh, they lost Curtis Samuel. Uh, who they didn't have all throughout the preseason and offseason program. They lost him two days before the season opener. So your two biggest free agent acquisitions on offense, gone, poof. And, you know, really, I mean, Samuel's come back, but he's been a complete non-factor except for three catches in one game, right? It's been a complete non-factor, and Fitzpatrick has never come back and obviously has done uh, for the year. So so let's start with that, right? But two and six is two and six. You never expect this defense, which was heralded as, you know, the 85 yeah. Bears defense and the, you know, uh, uh, the, the 2000 Ravens, please stop. And, and nonsense. I mean, you know, uh, we talked last year, they were beaten up on Ben DiNucci for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, they were yeah. beaten up on, you know, bless his heart, Andy Dalton. Like, like, let's let's slow down, right? I never thought this was a dominant defense. Did I think it was a good defense? Sure, absolutely. So to be two and six, to be getting lit up like a Christmas tree in the first six, seven games of the year on that side of the ball was bitterly, bitterly disappointing. And then what happens is you go on this four-game winning streak, right? You beat Brady and the Bucks and Cam and Carolina and his return and Monday night football and this, that. And then all of a sudden, false hopes are raised. And now I think they're settling back to reality. The Cowboys obviously smacked them in the face last Sunday. And I don't want to say they've never recovered from that, but I mean, they kind of haven't between that. The Cowboys and COVID probably turned out the lights. The party's over on the Washington season. Yeah. In this Washington season, it was always, I don't know. It it felt like it was a little flimsy depending on what they got from the quarterbacks, right? Like if they got a good game from Taylor Heineke, they would have a chance to compete with anybody like we saw against Tampa Bay earlier in the season. Um, but when you're when you're down to Garrett Gilbert, who Cowboy fans know well because we had to yeah. start him last year against Pittsburgh, it's just tough to win games that way, right? Yeah, and, and listen, I, I don't know how you walked away from Tuesday night's game. I, I don't blame that one on Garrett Gilbert. I mean, could no, he have no, made I actually thought another, he played pretty well, all things considered. Right, right. Could he have made another play or two? Absolutely. Sure. There's no doubt. I mean, there's a couple of spots, you know, holding on to the ball too long near the end of the first half, uh, maybe on that final fourth down play, you know, uh, the third down play right sure. before that, he's chased under pressure, so on and so forth. I don't want to go too crazy into the woods here, but. Uh, there were some things maybe he could have done better that maybe if he wasn't Garrett Gilbert, maybe he would have done better, right? If he was Aaron Rodgers or if he was, you know, whoever. Um, that being said, I mean, you know, once again around here, I mean, I guess you start with that quarterback instability in general, right? Since 2018, when they, uh, their first year without Kirk Cousins. So again, they played the franchise double tango, whatever, you know, he goes to Minnesota. So 2018, four different starting quarterbacks. 2019. 
three different starting quarterbacks. 2020, Marcus, four different starting quarterbacks. 2021, they're already at one, two, three, dif- uh, three different starting quarterbacks. Yeah. And the possibility exists. The possibility exists that if Kyle Allen starts one of these games and maybe even possibly this Sunday night in Dallas, that will be back at four different starting quarterbacks. So that would make three out of the four years, assuming we get to that threshold where you have four different starting quarterbacks and three of those four years in the off year, you had three. I mean, you again, like I know you guys went through hell last year with, you know, with Dak's injury to Dalton to Danucci and back to Dalton and Garrett Gilbert. So I, I get all that. But, you know, there's quarterback stability and then there's whatever Washington has been dealing with for the last four years and really for the last 25 plus years, if we're being honest. I want to continue this quarterback discussion in Washington because I find it fascinating. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning just feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you are up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Winner takes all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero will show you their lineups before you play, and you get to handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better than what they're used to. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You get to decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take, take on the action because they are daring you to beat them. Stat Hero is head-to-head. Is what daily fantasy sports is supposed to be one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That is stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's continue this discussion about the quarterback situation in Washington because I do think if you just look at that roster outside of quarterbacks, they're not all that different from a lot of the the teams in the NFC, a lot of contenders, right? But what's the plan for Washington going forward? Do you think it is to continue to kind of lean on Taylor Heineke in 2022? You see them going in the free agent route or dipping into the draft. What's the long-term play here? I see the veteran quarterback trade market being the number one avenue that they're going to try and address this quarterback situation. Now, they tried very hard to go after Matthew Stafford last year. That was the one quarterback they made a strong, strong push for. He obviously chose the Rams. Uh, There was a connection, of course, between Martin Mayhew, uh, the now general manager, and Stafford, who he drafted uh, in Detroit. This year, I I mean, I truly believe with potentially Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, whatever Deshaun Watson is, Matt Ryan potentially, 
Um, you know, and, and, and maybe there's somebody else that I'm uh, just forgetting about off the top of my head. You know, there's four or five guys, Marcus, that I think Ron Rivera and his staff are going to have interest in. Now, I don't know how they're going to deal with the Deshaun Watson stuff. Me personally, I wouldn't touch that until it's legally cleared up, number one, and number two, adjudicated by the NFL, because I don't want to trade three first round picks or whatever the tag is and then have my guys suspended for eight, nine, 10, 12 games, whatever it might be. That being said, I think Aaron Rodgers will be at the top of the list. I don't think he'll come here, but I think Aaron Rodgers will be at the top of the list. One thing to keep in mind, you know, he's a Cal guy. Ron Rivera's a Cal guy. And as crazy as this sounds, right, wait wait for this one, you know, Mike Silver, the former NFL Network guy, he now works for the team. He works for the Washington football team. He's got a very close relationship with Aaron Rodgers. I've talked to him about this. He's been very open about it. He's a Cal guy. So I wonder if there's some backdoor politics that maybe grease the skids a little bit there. Um, and oh, by the way, the Cal connection, Ron Rivera and like Garrett Gilbert's dad played a Cal, whatever the whole deal is, just, just something to keep in mind. Um, but I think they'll go there. I think they'll probably wind up with an, a Matt Ryan type. Some I don't know if Russell Wilson wants to play for a defensive first head coach. I think he's kind of made that clear that he's a little aggravated uh, with Pete Carroll about that. But that's where I think they go before they even think about drafting a quarterback. Uh, and maybe Mitch Trubisky is a guy that Ron has always kind of kept his eye on. So maybe you see him enter the equation as kind of a – a, a, a veteran free agent type signee. I think the Matt Ryan one makes a lot of sense, right? Because yeah. it probably doesn't cost a lot to go get him, mm -hmm. right? And I think he would be an upgrade over what yeah. Washington's had for the last. There's few no years, doubt, right? no doubt. How much you have to pay for him is, you know, largely the only question. Uh, now there is some uh, familiarity, real quickly, that I'll just add on on, on that front. Um, Kyle Smith, who's basically Terry Fontenot's assistant GM, was here in Washington with a uh, long, long time, but then in Ron's first year. Now, they had some friction, uh, and ultimately that led to Kyle Smith not getting promoted and therefore leaving the organization. But I think there's enough of a working relationship there where, you know, maybe it's not highway robbery. Maybe it's, you know, uh, a first round pick and a, and a you know, and, and a, a good player, you know, something like that, that can help Atlanta out and solve both teams needs. Now, not to look ahead to the draft too much, but as we sit here right now, Washington would have the number 10 pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. um, if they would happen to lose to the Cowboys on Sunday night, they are underdogs in that game in Dallas. Uh, it's possible that they're, they could jump up to like inside of the top, you know, eight, maybe even inside of the top seven, is there any quarterback? I know we're again, I know we're like five months away, but is there any quarterback in this class that gets you at least a little bit excited? Um, I, I can't say at number seven, eight, nine, wherever they ultimately wind up, that I would be lathered up for Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or, um, you know, whoever, Howell. Yeah. Sam Howell, whoever's going to come out here, uh, you know, the, the, the kid from Nevada, Carson Strong. I mean, mm -hmm. I know, you know, my radio partner loves that kid, but he's got all sorts of health concerns. I haven't seen enough of them to tell you. Go right to the Senior Bowl. So we'll, maybe we'll get a look at him there. So that'll be right. fun. There you go. I mean, so, you know, and, and obviously, I mean, yeah, some of these guys are going to, you know, their, their stock is going to jump all over the place with the Senior Bowl, the Combine, you know, just the whole market. And who knows, again, if they address this, if they address the the quarterback number one position in the veteran trade market, obviously they won't be there. But if they wait until the draft, 
I don't see anybody really being a true top 10 type guy. I think you'd be reaching. But what I could see, what I could see is them then trading back, ironically, and trying to not only get in a better position for one of these quarterbacks. And I, I me, Marcus, I maybe I'm overrating him. I, I kind of like Kenny Pickett more than the others. I so think I, he's more so consistent. I. I think he's mobile. I think he's a little bit of a gunslinger, but I think he's you know, fairly accurate. I think he's, uh, he's a leader. I think he's tough. I think he's got guts and character, uh, you know, all that stuff. Maybe I'm overrating him, but it sounds like you kind of agree, but I just I, don't know if he's, you know, eight or nine, is he eight or nine or is he 15 to 17? You know, I, I just, I think like if we're looking back, like, or, you know, looking ahead three years from now, and I, there's one quarterback in this class that we say, Oh yeah, that guy's a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. It's probably Kenny Pickett, right? Yeah. Like elevated his team at Pitt. Pretty accurate. Uh, seems like he's a gamer. Played really well in a bunch of big games. It's like kind of checks every box that you want him to check. Right now, he's not the most flashy quarterback. He doesn't have the absolute best tools in the world. But like, I don't know. I think you can win with that guy, right? So here's here's my question to you because you you, you know you're very dialed into this stuff. Uh, you know, and and I know you you have been. If you're Washington and you get to the position where you don't have presumably quarterback number one definitively solved by the time we get to late Let's April. Let's say they go into the season with Taylor or they go to the draft with Taylor Heineke and Kyle. Right. Allen. Heineke, Allen, whoever, maybe, yep. maybe Trubisky's there. Who, who knows? They struck out on the big name veteran trade targets. Okay. Can you risk, say you land at, at number 10 in the draft, can you risk then trading down because you don't feel the value is there at 9, 10, wherever for the quarterback, say, Pickett? Can you risk trading down thinking, I'm going to get the quarterback at 15, 16, 17? What if he's not there? And again, you haven't addressed the need already. At that. Then what do you start doing? So, you know, you start playing this game of, yeah. well, you know, maybe he'll be there. Maybe, I, you know, then you get yourself pinned into a corner and, and maybe you make a mistake or maybe you don't wind up with the guy that you ultimately want. How many, how many times are we going to see a guy like Mac Jones drop yeah. all the way to 15, even though he's not naturally blessed with, you know, just all sorts of God-given ability? It's rare to have that kind of prospect drop all the way to 15. I'll just say this. If you wouldn't take a quarterback at 10, dropping down to 16 isn't going to really make that big of a difference, right? Like if you don't love him at 10, you're not going to love him at 16 either, right? So I think there, I think by the time we get to the draft, there'll be a couple guys that we talk ourselves into as being, you know, Probably. a really good quarterback. And again, maybe not somebody who has the potential of a Justin Herbert or a Josh Allen or something like that, but Maybe somebody that's more of a, on the line of, hey, this guy could be Kirk Cousins. This guy could be, you know, blah, 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 blah. And listen, for Washington, I think they'd love to have somebody like Kirk Cousins back right now. Because if you can get I, – I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is more than an average quarterback. But if you can get average quarterback play, this is a playoff team, right? Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing real quickly about Taylor Heineke. I, I mean, he's got some moments and, and I don't know if you would agree with this, Marcus, based on what you've seen. I, I compare him and I often say this about him. He's a high wire act, right? Yeah. His, his yeah. good is really good and his best is really cool, right? I mean, he's a little Doug Flutie. He's a little, um, you know, modern age quarterback. He can he can move. He can extend plays. He can pull a magic a rabbit out of the top hat. He can do all sorts. Of, you know, his arm strength is never going to be great. 
Uh, I think it's the combination for me, lack of anticipation, being late, along yeah, with not exactly. having superior or even great arm strength, that often catches up with him, especially if we're talking about towards the sidelines, outside the hashes, that type of thing. But when he's really good, Taylor Heineke can look the part. And you can win games with him. You kind of mentioned that earlier, Tampa, Carolina, perfect examples. The problem is it's not right now, and I don't foresee a big jump in this area. It's not like you're going to get 10 great games out of Taylor Heineke a year. I don't see that. I don't think they see that. I don't think anybody except for, I don't know, maybe five Washington football Heineke hive type fans really see that. I mean, do you know what's funny? I really think Taylor Heineke is just like early career Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Like you're gonna you're gonna get some really good performances, and it, it, but if the anticipation is late, if he holds the ball a little too long and doesn't mm-hmm. get the arm strength there, he, he can be a little bit of a problem as well. So I I, I think I agree with you. Um, let's take one more break, and when we come back, and we'll talk about this actual game yeah. that's going to happen here on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Want to tell you guys about On Location. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash sb56. For more information or search Super Bowl on location, that is on locationexp.com slash SB56. Also want to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as fo- football continues its march through college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one sport spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's talk about this game. Uh, who do you have winning and why? Well, I, I have the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I'm not going to uh, beat around. It's a short week for Washington. Um, you know, as we sit here and as we record this, Marcus, we, we we don't know, but Ron Rivera just told me and other reporters before I hopped on with you uh, to record this that it's possible one of the quarterbacks could get cleared here. He didn't name which one Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning because of the COVID. So I would expect they're going to have either and possibly both Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen back. But I I don't think it, honestly, I'd be fooling myself, our audience, what have you, your audience, if I thought, oh, Washington has a really, really good chance to win. Now, can they win? Sure. If Dak and Dallas turns the ball over three, four times. But even you saw on Tuesday night, Philadelphia had two quick turnovers. Now they stabilized that. Washington got 10 points out of it, but then that was really it. That was all they were able to kind of muster, you know, for the most part outside of one other touchdown uh, and scoring drive. So 
Um, I, I, you know, again, I, I don't see them having enough firepower unless Dallas again turns the ball over four plus times, something in that regard, or something fluky, an act of the football gods. You know, for whatever reason, Dallas doesn't show up uh, for you know they they had too much Christmas dinner, whatever the case might be. Especially, and, and I'll just I'll just wrap this up real quickly. Like I wasn't a oh wow, this Dallas defense was so good. Um, under Dan Quinn before they got the reinforcements back since re-adding Tank Lawrence, Neville Gallimore, Randy Gregory. Oh, and then sprinkling, of course, what you already had, what was getting better in in, in Micah Parsons and Diggs and, and, and so on. And so now it's like, oh, wow, this, this is a really good Dallas defense. And that might be the scarier component of this team. And they're actually getting even more guys back this week. Donovan Wilson, their safety, who's been really their best safety all year. I think he's going to be back for this game. They're going to get a couple more defensive tackles back. I just think this is a game the Cowboys defense should win. Again, kind of like they did last time, right? It's just they have such a big advantage on the offense and defensive line here. And even if they turn the ball over like they did in the previous matchup, Washington is going to have to win this turnover battle by probably two or probably mm-hmm. three in order to win. It's possible. Uh, Chris, as you know, division games are weird. Like weird things happen in these games. Even when the talent is so drastic, I would think. Um, but the Cowboys haven't played at home since Thanksgiving. It's been a long time. They've been three straight road games. I got, I get the sense that the Cowboys are going to treat this game like a playoff game. They're going into it like – hey, if we win this game, we win the division. And there's a chance that the division could already be wrapped up before they play this game. So that's the way Mike McCarthy's treating it. So I expect the Cowboys to play one of their better games of the season. And they should win. But like I said, we've seen weird things happen in divisional games before, right? Uh, Had a real quick question, if you don't mind, uh, before we run out of time, for you. Uh, just from my perspective, you know, talking to some people and I, I know some people, you know, that know the Dallas situation pretty closely. I'll just leave it at that. Um, you know, they're still trying to figure out, OK, what exactly do we need to do to get this offense? I know Jerry and, mm-hmm. and I think Stephen Jones were critical of the receivers not doing some things. You know, Dak's been a little inconsistent. Uh, the offensive line obviously has had some issues. We know Zeke and obviously not having Tony Pollard for a little bit, but now he's back. What is there something you would put a finger on as somebody who watches every snap, every tape, you know, all that? Is there something you would put a finger on that says, aha, this is it more than the other issues? I mean, it's a lot of the same issues like the Kansas City Chiefs were having earlier in the season. Like a, a lot of teams are playing some deep cover shell against the Cowboys and basically daring them to throw the ball underneath over and over again. And the Cowboys are doing it, but it's just they're they're not hitting on big plays. And when you're having to have, put together 10, 12, 14 play drives, a lot can go wrong, yeah. right? Like you can have a holding call or you can have a drop pl- pass like we saw last week. CeeDee Lamb had three drops. Or, you know, you could, you know, just not make that first guy miss and all of a sudden a eight-yard gain turns into a two-yard game. So I think it's just a lot of execution. I think the big plays are coming. They just haven't hit over the last couple of weeks. And they've also played some pretty decent defenses. Mm-hmm. Like Washington's defense is good. It, it, and they, they, they make you work for everything. So I think, I think the offense will eventually get back on track. It's just it's going to take some time. And they're just not there yet. So the best way to say it, I guess, um, would be there's a, a bunch of little things, but not one there, dominant problem or yeah, dominant issue. 
I don't think it's the league has figured out Dak Prescott or they mm-hmm. figured out Kellen Moore or anything like that. They're just not executing. There are way too many drops. They've had some guys missing on the offensive line. The receivers haven't all played together in a long time. I think they're closer to putting up 35 points in a game than what anybody anybody thinks. They just haven't done it yet, Chris. That's all there is really to it. Uh, and and real quickly here, uh, also, I, I'm fascinated by this. Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore, right? Mm-hmm. He's been mentioned, uh, but more Dan Quinn. Is there some sort of sense that this might be a one-and-done type thing with Dan Quinn here? That, you know, maybe with, uh, you know, head coaching opportunities and and, and whatnot, and, and obviously his experience, that it might only be one year in Dallas, or is there not much buzz about that? Uh, I think early on in the season, there was a lot of buzz for Kellen Moore leaving, right? Because young offensive minds always get scooped up pretty quickly, right? I I, I get the sense that he's going to be a little bit more patient about the job he picks. I don't think he's just going to jump at the first opportunity. But Dan Quinn, I could see leaving after this year because he's a, an established good coach. Like the the end in Atlanta didn't work out particularly well, but he took that team to the to Super right. Bowl. They right. should have beat New England in the Super Bowl, and I think because he gets, you know, the players absolutely love playing for him. He's revamped this Cowboys defense. I think there's going to be a lot of teams out there that, you know, maybe that need a culture change. They're going to want to bring in Dan Quinn, like the Las Vegas Raiders. Like he would be a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Go there, rebuild that team. It would make a ton of sense. If In Denver, if they get rid of Vic Fangio, I think he's the kind of young players coach that, you know, that would thrive there. So, I do get the sense that Dan Campbell's more likely to leave than Kellen Moore. And one other quick question, if we if we have time, just sure. you know, fr- from a Cowboys perspective, I mean, obviously, I know here in Washington now, maybe the the furor is not going to be the way it was leading up to the game two weeks ago. You know, it's Dallas week. We want Dallas. You know, the rivalry thing. Yeah. Does anybody in Dallas really care about the Washington football team slash Redskins, or is it just kind of like, eh, whatever? It's the same as the Eagles, the same as the Giants. Yeah, I, I've always got the sense from Cowboy fans that they – this is the way the Cowboys think of this. It's that everybody else in the, the NFC is their little brother, right? If yeah, there's right. one team that is more of a rival than them, than anybody, it would probably be the Giants. Right. But I I just don't see the same animosity for the Cowboys in this kind of rivalry that, that maybe Washington has or maybe other teams have, you know, like the Steelers-Ravens. I don't get right. that same sense of – of rivalry right now that we've had maybe in the last decade or two, you know, it does, does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I've asked you about this before, but I just, I, I it, it's always fascinating to see, you know, what different markets, different teams. And, you know, when you're the Cowboys and you've got the star on your helmet and, you know, the star on the field, like everybody wants to give you their best shot. So right. like little old Dan Snyder and the Burgundy and Golders, whatever we're going to call them, are, are just kind of like annoying gnats. Uh, yeah, it, I think for the Cowboys, they have more like conference rivals and division right, rivals, right. like Green Bay, right? Like right. that's the team right. that's prevented them from going to the Super yeah. Bowl multiple Good seasons. Call. And. I mean, I we've been saying this all year long on the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, but doesn't everything seem like it's just lining up yes. for a divisional round game in Lambeau between the Cowboys and Packers and Rodgers and Mike McCarthy? It just seems like that's where we're heading, right? That that, that would be that would be cool. I mean, I I, I know this. Fox would be very, very, very. Oh happy yeah, Fox with, or NBC Fox would or whoever's that, got right? that they, game. They love nothing more than exactly. the, 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 the exactly. Rodgers McCarthy angle all week long. How many times would they show? The Des Bryant catch, no catch. Oh, I mean, it would be it would be so much. No fun. doubt, but, no doubt. Uh, 
Chris, thank you so much for, for popping on here with us and uh, really looking forward to, to Sunday night. We hope you enjoy the holiday weekend. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. It's always a pleasure. Great to see you, talk with you, uh, and, and get your uh, insight on a bunch of different things. Happy holidays to you and thank you. Uh, thank your you. family and obviously everybody in Cowboy Nation. You guys do a great job. So always, uh, always happy to be with you. Thank you so much. All right, and that's going to do it for us right here on the Crossover Thursday edition of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Thanks to Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys for doing all the heavy lifting and for having me uh, as a big part of the show. Thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen to Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. If you have a question or a voicemail you want to rip off, it's 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577 or LockedWFTPod at Gmail. That's going to do it for us Washington football team fans. Uh, David Harrison should be back with us at some point next week. Uh, He is covering the Washington football team for SI.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980 with my pal Pete Medhurst. Um, Listen to us Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 on the Odyssey app and the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Thanks for joining us right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.